Blog Talk Radio. This is July 3rd, 2015. You're listening to Don't Let It Go Unheard. This is where we discuss news, politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism is the philosophy that uniquely upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, and I see some of the usual suspects here in the chat room. I do thank you for joining me on this holiday weekend. I see our uh, John Roberts. Actually, last week we had Chief Justice John Roberts was a, a handle in the chat room. Now we have our regular John Roberts, who we kind of routinely call Chief Justice. So I have deep sound today. Hmm, says selfishness there. I haven't done anything to change it. I wonder if there's something with my voice. Maybe I'm coming down with some sort of a cold. Just Jean is there. Hello. Um, I'm just glad the sound is is improved, and it could just be from the setup, or it could be that Blog Talk has kind of gotten a handle on this new mode of having us all connect. Uh, several weeks ago, they switched over to something called Direct Connect, and it was instead of Skype, and it sounded really good for a couple weeks, and then it sounded lousy for a couple weeks, and now I think we're back to the good sound. So go over to my blog if you want to see what I have on the agenda for this evening. My blog, as always, is don'tletitgo.com. And right at the top, I have the post for tonight's show. The title tonight is The Right to Marry is Not the Right to Use Your Marriage as a Club. And if you peruse the stories that I have on the list there, you'll see what I have in mind. Uh, there are some people in the, if there, if you can call it a movement, the homosexual movement, uh, who would like to use their marriage as a club. And in fact, I think that there's one story that I did not put a link to here that I definitely need to put a link to. It's a story that was on Drudge Report today. And it's one in which a bakery that refused to bake a cake for a gay wedding, the baker ended up being fined some ridiculous amount, like $130,000. Can you imagine being fined $130,000 simply because you did not want to bake a cake for a homosexual couple? So that's the sort of thing that I do have in mind. Now, if at the top of the program notes, I have a link where you can register to watch the live stream of the Objectivist Conference General Session Lectures. So for the next six days, starting tomorrow, every morning 
at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time. Yes, they do start early at these conferences. In fact, the 9.45 a.m. lecture is not the first lecture of the day. They have something, I think, that starts at 8.30 each day. But the general sessions will be at 9.45, and they're available on live stream. And you can register and watch the whole week's worth of those um, you can watch them also as recordings, and as I understand, they're going to be available as recordings until the end of July. So even if you have to go back to work on Monday, like most people, and you're not going to be able to watch those live. Uh, but tomorrow, for instance, they're going to have one on Charlie Hebdo and the importance of insulting religion. Um, that's a paraphrased title. I could actually give you the real title by going to the link that I gave you. Um, it's Charlie Hebdo, The West and the Need to Ridicule Religion, and that will be by Ankar Gatte. I expect that that's going to be a very good lecture. That's tomorrow on Sunday, Defining Basic Moral Concepts by Peter Schwartz. Monday, The Jihadist Movement by Alain Journo. I expect that'll be very good as well. Epistemology and Justice in the Age of Social Media, another good topic, especially the discussions that we have on Facebook and the sorts of arguments that people get into and the and the types of evidence they provide for their positions. That's the kind of thing that he'll talk about. I think that'd be very interesting. Tara Smith, excellent. How does objectivity apply to the law? I'm looking forward to that. And the Leadership Crisis and the Free Market Cure by John Allison, which is a talk that I have seen him give in various forms. And if you remember, we interviewed John Allison on this show about the book. So I expect that that is going to be good as well. Um, Peter Schwartz is no doubt going to be, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe not using material from his new book. Defining Basic Moral Concepts sounds like a bit of a departure from his book, although I'm, it's probably uh, some material that is at least based on uh, his book on selfishness. So Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. I plan to be attending those live and hanging out in whatever chat room they've got available. They typically have some sort of a chat room. So I do hope that you will join me for that. Um, the other thing that I have there on the top is a tweet from Tom Shalhoub, and he is the new host of Red Eye on Fox News. If you remember, Tom Shalhoub had been a guest host many times for Greg Gutfeld, and in fact, he had been my favorite of the guest hosts. So I was very happy that they chose him to replace Greg, and, you know, kind of right out of the gate, he invites uh, Bosch Faustin onto his show, and you can see right under the tweet that I've embedded there on my blog is a link to Bosch's post about his appearance on Red Eye. So go ahead and check that out. But as you see, Tom Shalhoub tweeted out the cartoon. So while Fox itself is still not showing the cartoon on Red Eye um, or on any of their shows, actually, I think, you know, I do think the one show that the Fox Network, which is Fox Business, actually showed the cartoon, I think it was a fluke right? Lou Dobbs on Fox Business did a story about the billboards that Pamela Geller did manage to get posted with the cartoon around the country. And um, there was, you know, a depiction of the cartoon, a, a picture that had the cartoon on a billboard that was on Fox Business. But that may have been a mistake. Now, if you watch really closely the video with Bosch's appearance, there is actually a tiny little peak 
of a small version of the cartoon, I guess, that Bosch was holding, he offered to show it, right? And it kind of put Tom Shalhoub on the spot and said, hey, you know, I've got it right here. Do you want me to show it? And Tom's just kind of caught off guard, ooh, ah, ah, laughing a little bit uncomfortably. Um, but I don't know that they were, or maybe Bosch wasn't aware that he actually was being shown uh, you know, a little bit lower, like it wasn't just his shoulders up, it was a little bit lower than that. And so he actually flashed the thing a little. So you can see a little tiny bit of the cartoon on Fox News and know that as far as I know, they didn't take the video down. So go check that appearance out. That is really cool that Tom Shalhoub had him on. And it, it's funny because the way they do it is um, like, you know, Bosch, I guess, didn't go to the studio. He was um, it's at a remote location. And so when the person is not sitting there on the panel, they say that the, the guest is too good for the panel. That's the way, that's what they call that feature. So whoever it is who just appears as an interview remotely is deemed to be too good for the panel. So that was, it was just a fun little thing to check out. The other things, uh, we have a couple obligatory topics. One that's been going around this week is George Takei made some very horrible comments um, about Justice Thomas and basically uh, said that he's a clown in blackface and everything. And I guess he was really upset with Thomas's uh, dissent in the gay marriage case, the Obergfell, Oberfell, I don't even know how to still pronounce it correctly. Um, the same sex marriage case as everybody keeps calling it. But, you know, it wasn't enough for George Takei that they won and that they got the right to have same sex marriage throughout the country. Uh, he had to go and insult in a very racist way uh, Justice Thomas. And he's been kind of trying to apologize but not apologize for it all week. He's been just basically not wanting to be held accountable for making the racist comments that he did. And so I like this meme as basically showing who it is who is the one who is basically betraying the kind of background of having been, you know, wrong, discriminated against, et cetera. Um, here's Thomas shown as voting for the party that freed his ancestors. He votes for Republicans, apparently. And... What does George Takei do? He votes for the party that put him personally in an internment camp. Who's the one who has betrayed their heritage? A heritage of being mistreated, of having your rights violated and trampled upon? I would say more it's George Takei. So there are some people who are saying that his career is over. Um, but... I don't know. Now we have an iconoclast Texas in the chat room with a question mark. Am I thinking people can't hear or I don't know. Maybe he can't hear. Anyway, I'm hoping. Yeah. Mr. Sulu set, set phasers to racism, says Pig Fan. Oh, you just got here. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. I'm not sure if I've seen you in the chat room before. Is this the first time for you? Go ahead and let us know. Um, another obligatory story that we must talk about is Greece and the latest headline that I saw over at financialtimes.com is that the Greek banks, oh, I don't know what happened. Um, I think, 
I think what they what they've done is they've changed the link on me. I had some story, and then when I went there, it totally blew up in my face with a pop up window. Let me see if I can get it again. No, I did not get it. Why did it do that? I'm not sure why it did this. This is very okay. It doesn't like me. I don't know why it doesn't like me. Um, let me go back again. It says Greek banks prepare a plan to raid deposits to avert collapse. And I guess what they want me to do is they want me to subscribe. Otherwise, I can't read the story. Okay, well, that's exciting. Um, as I understand it, there is a proposal for everyone to vote and decide whether or not they're going to agree to the latest offer of uh, some sort of so-called austerity measures. And what they'll do is they're going to have a vote, you know, throughout the whole population. And that's what's going to decide whether or not they're going to accept the offer that the EU is giving them. They can take the offer, which is going to include some combination of tax increases, reductions to pension and welfare programs and things like this. And if they do that, then probably the EU is going to let them stay in and maybe they'll survive. Um, everyone seems to be leaning towards that option. As I understand it, all of the media, which they describe as controlled sort of by an oligarchy, um, the media has been heavily biased pro taking the deal that's being offered them, the bailout that's being offered them on certain conditions. You know, the question, and you know, I've, I listened to your own Brooke on this. Your own Brooke was talking about the whole Greek crisis on Monday. And he was very convincing on the idea that, first of all, Greece lied about its credentials when they let Greece into the EU. And that basically you have no sympathy for people who are extending assets to Greece at the moment. Um, I don't know why the EU thinks that Greece is going to make good on whatever promises it does anyway. Uh, another interesting thing that I read about Greece, and it's worth checking out, although I don't have the link at the blog there, try to find, as I understand it, Steve Forbes wrote sort of an open letter to Greece and said, here's what you should do if you actually want to improve your situation. And he made various recommendations like having a flat tax, um, a flat tax that people actually paid. Apparently, Greece is kind of a mess in terms of overtaxing, and then a lot of people don't actually pay the taxes. So if you have just a flat 10% tax, for example, and you actually collect it, it's a lot better. Uh, ways to make Greece more business friendly and everything else. Of course, this is advice that we could take here in the United States as well. A lot of us are looking at Greece and saying, how far away are we from the type of collapse that is uh, pending there? But as I understand it, they were, uh, you know, it was put up for a vote. Some people were suing and saying, no, you can't just do something like this by popular election. It's got to be done through politics. If it's done through politics, I gather that the communists probably have a lot more influence. The communists do not want them to take this deal. The communists want, I guess what they're counting on is that the EU is going to offer them some sort of a better deal where they don't have to cut the pensions and all those other goodies as much. Uh, but there are a lot of very clever memes going around out there. As I understand it, though, the the good money is on Greece, uh, the Greek people 
actually voting for this deal, for this bailout, and making sure that, for example, on Monday, that there will be money, that there will be food, and all of these other things. Ah, Rob Abiera has come to the rescue here in the chat room. He has put the link, Steve Forbes, Greece can teach the world a needed lesson. It would be great. Um, Craig is saying the EU is all politics and power seeking. The economics does not matter to the bureaucrats. And, and that's really the message, right? I mean, that's really the message in this evening's show all around, which is that the LGBT movement, as they call it, is not even about rights for gays, for example. They're not about that. They are about politics and power seeking. And that is what is being revealed. Pig fan. Speaking of communists, I'm surprised that Cuba announcement from Obama wasn't on the program notes. So you're going to have to tell me the Cuba announcement because I am in this world of the LGBT movement. So go ahead and please share that here in the, in the chat room. We'll, and we'll definitely be happy to talk about it. Oh, I've got a mail program in my ear. Let's get rid of that there. Um, oh, you want to call in a debate with, oh, no, we are, uh, if you're iconoclast in Texas and you want to talk about the LGBT movement, then we can go ahead and have that discussion because I do have plenty of program notes on that and we're going to still be discussing. So do feel free to call in if you want to. Um, what do we have first? We have a story and I got it over at Mashable. Uh, you may end up hearing in the background all sorts of illegal fireworks throughout the evening, but just know that that goes with the territory on July 3rd. Okay, so at Mashable, the, L the four LGBT victories that could follow marriage equality. Now, one thing that I think is interesting is, um, and somebody asked this question the other day, is LGBT really a unified movement even with people who have the same sort of agenda? Is it really or is it not? Be very interesting. LGBT victories that could follow marriage equality. But is LGBT a movement, really? So you have lesbians and gays, bisexuals, transgenders. Somebody the other day was pointing out on Twitter, it's like, is that really a unified movement? Only really if they unify in order to get certain prerogatives or to become some sort of a political movement with clout, which is what they've seemed to have done. So what this article by Rebecca Ruiz seems to call for is, first of all, anti-discrimination laws. That's kind of the next step, right? We have gay marriage now. And for me, myself, I am on the side of if you're going to have a state telling people who can and cannot get married and enjoy certain basic legal defaults that exist for married people, things like being able to visit in hospitals and having certain rules about inheritance and things like that, um, I think you you need to have this. But then when you start bringing in so-called anti-discrimination laws and you say that you're going to char or, you know, fine somebody $130,000 because they don't want to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding, 
this is something that I think goes way too far. Um, but anti-discrimination laws are apparently something that might be next on the agenda. Not only should same-sex couples be able to marry is the idea, but also they should be able to prevent, for example, employers from discriminating against same-sex couples with respect to heterosexual couples. So suppose you are a you know an employer who decides that you will give benefits to married couples to spouses of heterosexual married couples, but you don't want to be forced to give the same benefits to same-sex couples. That is not acceptable to Ruiz, who wrote this article here. Um, instead, what they want to be able to do is they want to be able to force employers to treat same-sex couples exactly the same way as you treat heterosexual couples. And of course, that is forcing people to act against their free will. And this is when you start having discussions about things like so-called religious liberty. Mostly the people who are adverse to giving the same benefits to same-sex couples. It's for religious reasons. But, you know, maybe you want to do it for something else. Um, Pig Fan is bringing the, uh, the Cuba news here in the chat room. So what I'm going to have to do is we'll have to digest here that real quick. Um, yeah, we're going to have the reestablishing of diplomatic ties with Cuba. Yes. Cuban embassy. Now I knew this was coming, but, oh, but yeah, but Cuba, Cuba of course hasn't changed at all. No, this is, uh, yeah. Um, oh, iconoclast here is in the queue. Okay. So I think this is good. We got somebody new and we'll, we'll have a new discussion. Hi, th is this iconoclast? Hi, it is. Hi. So, so um, first of all, you're a new listener to the show. Yeah, actually, I am. Uh -huh, it's the first time I've heard your show before. I just wanted okay. to see what you had to say, and I was interested and intrigued, so I thought I would call in. Sure. So, in terms of my perspective, I am for same-sex marriage, but mm -hmm. I am, but I'm against the government prohibiting private discrimination against same-sex couples. So and it's sort of what it, it's sort position. of what you might call the libertarian position. So I think, for example, the baker should be able to say, no, I'd rather not bake the cake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree with you to some extent. Let me say this. I think that gay people uh, should be able to have all the same rights as everyone else. We should, and I'm gay, so we should have the same rights as everyone else, in my opinion. But I do think that when it comes to dictating whether a baker, for example, makes a cake or um, a stationary person wants to make uh, wedding invitations or not for a gay couple or not, that's up to them. I don't really care if they want to or not. I wouldn't want to, part, um, to patronize a place that didn't want me as a client right. anyway. So, yeah, you know, there, there's always there's always been that joke, you know, it's like, OK, here's here's the cake that you forced me to bake. I hope you enjoy it. It would be a terrible cake. Right now, just to be clear, I, I would never myself discriminate against same sex couples if I was offering one of these services. And I, I think it would be bad to do so. And I'm all for, you know, calling out as bad people who would discriminate against same-sex couples and stuff. But I just don't think the government should force, and I certainly don't think somebody who doesn't bake a cake should get a $130,000 fine for not doing it. 
I agree with you. I mean, I do. I think it was ridiculous that they were forced to. It's just like for me, for example, if I if I had a bakery, for example, and there were some right wing Republican who wanted me to put the Confederate flag on a cake, and hey, I hate gays, I hate fags, whatever, I wouldn't want to do it. And then I would be I would be subjected to the same kind of punishment. I don't think so. <laughs> so right. I don't think it's right either way. I agree with you on that fact. Yeah. Okay, so so actually, we agree more than you initially thought when you first got into our chat room over here. On that, I do. But you did say something about the LGBT movement, whether it's a movement or isn't a movement or something. Can you reiterate what you were saying? Yeah, so the idea is, do all the people in those four categories really have that much in common? And actually, to take it even a step further, the next article that I have... Um, basically talks about how marriage isn't really the whole thing that what it's what it's about. And it goes on to basically unify all LGBT people within a broader progressive political movement and starts urging that, you know, we all unite with immigrants and these other groups and these other groups for so-called social justice and you know, socialized everything, including preschool all the way up through college and socialized medicine and everything else. And that really it's just one step towards the broader social justice agenda. And I don't know that you would want to lump everybody who has, you know, certain sexual orientation into that sort of political group. I don't know what specific uh, article you're referring to because I haven't read it. But oh yeah, the, no, I, I'll, I'll I'll tell you real quick. It's it's um, and actually all the articles that we talk about I have over at the blog at don'tletitgo.com, so you can check out everything that I got um, over there. And this article is from uh, thenation.com, and the headline okay. is "What's What's Next for the LGBT Movement." Mm-hmm. And, and I think that what my sentiment from that, from what you're telling me anyway, uh, what I think the meaning of that is, is, is different than what I, what I hear you saying. What I hear you saying is, is, is it's as if that gay community has all along had some agenda that we had a bigger, broader agenda all along, and this is just part of it, and we still have these other things we want to lop ourselves onto. Um, and in some degree, that's true, but I think what it's really saying, or what I feel anyway to be the truth, is that the gay community, one of the biggest milestones of our fight for equality has been gay marriage, obviously. Since we've overcome right. that obstacle, we've achieved it now. What's next for us? And I don't think it means that we're not trying to still have the same um, ideology in terms of what we want to accomplish. But, I mean, we have other things, people we, who've helped us in our journey for equality in this realm. And we want to help them as well, whether it's with people who are, you know, feminists or with um immigrants or whatever it might be. So we're saying we want to help. I think what it's saying, and this is what I feel, is that we want to help other causes achieve success as well. It's not necessarily becoming the same thing and melding into one. It's just that we want to use our clout and our power to also help other people who've helped us along the way. That's what I see. Well, so for instance, if you were talking about helping feminists, what would you try to help them do? Well, and feminism is, you know, a broad term, I think, but everyone thinks of it differently. But I think that feminism basically just means equality for women on the same level as men in every respect. So, for example, having the same pay, you know, 70 cents on the dollar, whatever it is. So then, so then basically you would say go ahead and force an employer to pay a woman the same 
if you happen to be a government bureaucrat who doesn't see why the woman doesn't have the same qualifications as a man in a particular situation. Is that the idea? No. Uh, a woman should be paid the same as a man for the same job with the same qualifications. So she but that's the, the thing. I mean, there's, there's no two people who are ever exactly the same. So then who makes that judgment? The person that makes the judgment is the person who's hiring them, the HR department. They say, well, we have a woman. Let's say we have, we have Jane and we have John next to each other. Right. John and Jane both went to similar Ivy League schools. John and Jane both have similar backgrounds in terms of what they've accomplished in terms of their career. They have the same number of years, et cetera. They know the same software, whatever they do. And so you compare them in that, that way. And I'm not saying, obviously, no one is exact. You're absolutely right. But you have a disparity in pay for a woman and a man for the same job with the same qualifications, how could that ever be equitable or, you know, it's not right. So, so, so for example, suppose um, you're whatever government agency would be in charge of enforcing this, okay? So you find a company and it, there seems to be a man and a woman that are the same as, you know, you were describing in all those various categories and the woman is making 5000 a year less than the man or something. So what do you yeah. do to the company? Well, you either pay them, you either tell them they have to pay her the same and they have to make the make up the difference, I think, in terms of what the, she hasn't been paid over the time period she's been there. Or from that point on, they have to continue to pay her uh, whatever she's supposed to be paid. I mean, I think it's just to make up the back pay. That and if, 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 they, if they refuse to do it, you what? Confiscate penalize assets? Them. No, penalize them probably with a fine or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so confiscate assets, I'm not, basically. I'm, not obviously, I'm obviously not the government, so I don't know what they would do. Well, right, but I mean, my, the, what I'm getting to basically is that you're going to be forcing employers to act a certain way other than they would want to on the free market. I don't well, know. it's not about the free market. It's about discrimination. It's about inequality. If you have a woman and a man doing the same job for the same for different pay, how is that fair? Because you, maybe you should. Well, I mean, may, prob probably it's, I mean, if, if the hypothetical actually does exist, and again, you know, who equal, not equal. And yes, there are sexists out there. But if there's some guy who's a sexist and he's determined to pay qualified women less than the men, wouldn't you rather just let the free market take care of that and let the woman go find a job where she's valued more equally as opposed to no. bringing government force into the situation? No, because the free market people, I mean, you said you were a libertarian, right? Well, I mean, I would, libertarian is probably what I would relate to you as, but actually okay. I'm an objectivist. I'm an objectivist, which is very similar okay. in terms of politics, right? Well, I just, I just often hear that from libertarians about the free market, et cetera, letting mm -hmm. it ride free, whatever. And right. that's, that's all well and good as long as you're being treated equally and things are fine. But that's the problem with the free market is that the free market has to be regulated to some degree. I'm sorry, it's not really free. It never has been. It never will be, in my opinion. And to just let things be free no matter what, whatever happens. Well, happens but so what I, what I mean by free is that nobody is forced to act against their best judgment, right? Now, of course, if, everybody's, if everyone's going to be free to act according to their best judgment, 
that means that some people's best judgment is going to be irrational and racist and horrible and disgusting. But I would just rather let those people fail and be ostracized and boycotted and still leave everybody else free to act according to their best judgment so reality. that we can... That's not realistic. That's not what happens in the free market. The reality is the corporate greed mongers <laughs> are the ones who are in control. They're the ones who stay in control, and they're the ones who do what they want to do regardless of what the law is, generally speaking. And this is the only way to keep things equal. And, and by the way, whoever said in the uh, chat room, John Roberts, we just moved from equality to fairness. Well, to me, they're the same thing. Well, see, and that's really what is in, you know, being said in some of these articles that I've got linked to is that you move from equality to so-called fairness and fairness would be the government coming in and dictating a so-called fair distribution of assets. And basically then what you're doing is you are forcing people to act against their best judgment. I mean, let me ask you, would you want the government to come in with every paycheck that you have and tell you how you should spend it? I'm self-employed, so it's not a problem for me. <laughs> well, if, um, I, I, if I, I mean, you know, and here, here's another thing, right? You know, you talk about, oh, the corporate greed mongers and stuff. So many people in this economy today, especially with the internet out there, are able to be self-employed people. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the whole old model I, that every, everybody has to go work for a big evil corporation. I mean, first of all, I don't think big corporations are evil necessarily. I've heard some awesome stories about some really cool corporations to work for. I think some are good and some are bad, just like people, some are good or some are bad, but mm -hmm. I think there is enough information sharing out there that on the free market the talent is going to go to the best available offer, other things so being equal, if people are allowed to. Do you feel that that's the way things have gone thus far in this country, that things that you just allow things to be and everything corrects itself and everything's fine and what's going to happen is going to happen? Well, I mean, I mean think, think, about, think about this. I mean, would, would you rather have it to centralize control by a government, I mean, mo most of our politicians in Washington right now are lining their own pockets at our expense. And it's all full of corruption and backroom deals and everything else. Why? Because they have total control over so it's many things. Corporations. Exactly the same. But, but see, cor see cor corporations don't have the ability to force people, though. All corporations can do is spend money and hire and fire. No. That, that's not true. The corporations in, in, unless they work through government, unless they work through cronyism, right? Corporations have a great deal of power over people's lives, especially when you've been working for a corporation for many, many years. You're high-powered or whatever. You make a lot of money, and you're maybe worked for them for 20 years, and now you're in your 50s or something like that, and you get fired, and it's really hard to find a job again. And they, That's how they control people. I mean, it, it, it's not true that corporations don't have power and control just the way the government does. They both do. And I'm certainly not someone who, who believes the government is, is all good and great. I mean, government is evil just the way corporations are evil. But to me, they're both evil. And they both have good sides as well. They have good and bad to both. I mean, nothing is one well, of Well, I mean, the, you know, the, the biggest thing is, you know, government can 
just come and completely confiscate your money. There's been all sorts of stories about civil forfeiture of people's assets lately, right? That, you know, you happen to be carrying $10,000 cash when, you know, some police officer doesn't think you're supposed to, and they take it and you never see it again. I mean, only government can do that, right? The corporation can fire you or whatever and do something unjust, but... I mean, people move. People people move from job to job now way more than they used to. The old model of somebody going to work, you know, for a company and staying there for their entire career and then getting the gold watch at the end—that just doesn't happen nearly as much anymore. Absolutely true. Yeah, absolutely true. But I don't think that the answer is to let people to depend on corporations to do "quote unquote" the right thing. Is just as is ignorant is for me to, to rely on the government to do quote unquote the right thing in every situation. But so the question is, I guess, do you you know allow the government to control it? Because you're asking me, maybe the government control the situation, or do you want the corporation or the people, as you say, to control the situation? I think the situation should be controlled equally to some degree. I think that you both have some so, some sort of uh, power in the situation and some sort of um, um, repercussions for their actions. So I think that's a balanced approach to, to having government and corporations uh, is fair. Would now, see, so, well, I, I would disagree with it in the way that you're formulating it because really what you're talking about is having some initiation of force by government against actors in the market mainly, you know, mm-hmm. corporations, employers, and everything else. And I believe that there should not be any initiation of force, that government should be there only when there is an actual rights violation. So mm-hmm. you might think a corporation is behaving unfairly in a certain way if, for example, it lets go someone who's in their 50s or something, right? Um but, you know, why is why is a corporation letting somebody in their 50s go? That person's got so much experience and presumably would still be a very valuable member. Uh, so, I, really, I think the loss would be theirs if they're doing this, right? So, I mean, there's there's people who behave irrationally and they should suffer for it. No, and that's it. They cost, they cost a lot more to them than having two 20-year-olds fill their same shoes. Corporations are all about what? Money. That's the bottom line. That's why they're formed. They're about making money, making profit, nothing else. Yeah. That's the directive. And that's but why a, they fire a girl. But, a, but a, good, a good corporation, a good corporation would know that a 50 some odd year old with all kinds of wisdom and experience is not going to be able to be replaced by, the, you know, the two 20 year olds, as it were. It's not it's not going to be the same. That's not realistic. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just an unrealistic view. The real, the realistic view is the the truth mm-hmm. is that corporations do this all the time to people in that, that age bracket. Specifically, ageism is something that's very rampant, especially in corporations, and because of the reason I just gave you. So, I mean, I agree with you, of course, that getting rid of a 50 year old for those reasons is stupid, and in the long term, the long range, and I'm sure that not every corporation does that. But there are many corporations that do do that for the exact reason I gave you, because it's about profit. Well, about and profit. I and I th- I think those ones are really going to suffer. And I would like to let the the market decide these issues. And you know, and again, it it goes down to basically the imperative. And I think it is an imperative of allowing people to be free to act according to their own judgment. And I'm coming from the view of uh, the philosopher Ayn Rand, where she has observed. 
Yeah, no wonder we disagree, right? No wonder we disagree. Um, but, you know, she observed that the way that we survive as human beings is by our reason, by our rational faculty. That is how, for instance, this whole blog talk radio that we're talking over right now could be created. Somebody had to invent this, right? It's through our reason that we sustain our lives. And so she thinks that insofar as you prevent human reason from operating, then you are cutting off people's ability to sustain their lives. And the thing that you need for reason to operate is to be left free, no initiation of force. And that would be, you know, not through government either. So if, if somebody violates rights, if somebody else initiates force, of course, government should step in and do something about it. If there's fraud, force, etc. But if not, if somebody is just being an irrational actor in the market by, for instance, you know, unjustly letting an employee go when they have the legal right to do so, no, you just let the market decide things like that. You let that person yeah, suffer. I, I mean, people have often said, and I'm sure you probably agree with this, but you know, just because something is legal doesn't make it right. And so I think of course, we are of course. talking about two different things here. You know, what I'm driven by is as i started to say at the beginning what i'm driven by is equality and i'm driven by what is right what's fair or whatever and you're driven what i'm hearing you say and maybe i'm wrong what you're primarily driven by is just let things be as long as it's not something about equality or whatever you're saying let's let it be what it's going to be and the market will correct itself blah 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 i don't well you know the 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 what what is your argument for equality why for instance because people are not born completely equal for example so so why is it that government should try to make equal in terms of outcome or anything else no one starts off in this world on equal footing if that's what you Mm -hmm. mean by being equal or do you mean inherently equal because of their human traits what do you mean by equal exactly well, people don't start out equal. People don't make choices that put them in positions that are equal, right? Some people make a lot of better choices than other people. That so has to do with being equal inherently as a person, as a human being. Being a human being, being born in this world, in my, this is how I see it, being mm-hmm. born in this world, you're born equal, period. Whether you are born into equal circumstances or not is, of course, not true. Well, I mean, you know, one thing that our founding fathers brought to us and we thank them for this weekend was making us equal before the law. Of course, they made some mistakes in our founding and not everybody was equal before the law for quite a while. But the basic principle of being equal before the law was in our founding documents, if not, you know, perfectly applied. So equal before the law, sure. But being equal before the law and then being equal in terms of resources or compensation is a whole different thing. We we are not born with equal talents or anything else. And how can the law, you know, or and how can it justly try to make up for this? And and why should it? It means to me that what it's doing and how it can is essentially to just make everyone to have an equal opportunity. That's what it's about. Opportunity, access to the same opportunities, meaning whether or not someone takes advantage of them or not, it's on that person. Whether someone has access to a college education or to business loans or whatever the case may be, to good credit or whatever it might be, if they have access to it, if they can you know, obtain it, then fine. If they do, fine. If they don't, that's their own choice. Meaning, so meaning that government... Government should impose force in order to create this equal access in some way because somebody's got to pay for it, right? 
yeah, and I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely fine with that. And that's I'm a liberal, so yeah. I'm fine see, with everything. See, and, and and this is this is where this is at the basic root where we disagree. And really, what you're you're coming from, what I would call a Rawlsian perspective, right? Rawls okay, would yeah. say. You know, if, if we all decide from behind the veil of ignorance what we think the rules should be, then we all agree that, you know, you were not born deserving whatever advantages that you have or your talents or your looks or anything else. You weren't born with that. And so, therefore, we need to have some sort of redistributive mechanism in society to make up for the fact that some people were, you know, through no accomplishment of their own, given the Almost rich parents right. or the looks and the whatever, right? It's, it's kind of right. that you, did, you didn't build that kind right. of thing, right? That's not quite what I believe, but it's close. Okay. But that's not quite what I believe. Because I don't believe that, you know, you're saying, I want to redistribute wealth or whatever, blah, 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 just so that everyone's equal. No, I still think that everyone is equal. I'm just saying that when I say people should be able to have access to these things and opportunities, the government doesn't necessarily have to spend money necessarily to do that. It doesn't have to be the government that does it. I'm talking generally about society as a whole ensuring that we have equal rights legally. So the same access, for example, gays, gays and lesbians, have the same access to gay marriage and, and to be able to adopt in the same legal... Right, but you were saying, for example, that the government should force employers to pay a couple different employees the same salary um, if... Should. Right. So, so Not you the, are talking about having government, government is going to be forcing people to act in certain ways against their will to achieve measures of equality. Yes. And right? it's necessary. Just like it wasn't slavery and many other things in this country. Yes, absolutely. Because it's necessary right. because human beings do not do the right thing. We only do the right thing when we were forced to do it. That's the truth. Um, okay, but but first of all, no no one is behaving morally if they're behaving at the point of a gun. So you can't enforce morality anyway. But in in terms of access and opportunities and equality, the same. The net result hmm? is the same. The net result is the same because someone's being forced to uh, hire black people in affirmative action or whatever, uh, or allow them to go to certain colleges. Just because they're being forced to do it doesn't mean right. that result any different than whether they chose to do it. Or I mean, not. I mean, you know, for, first of all, I don't know that any sort of affirmative action or any of this is actually even good for the recipient. It's it's doubtful whether it is. But the, again, again, you know, the the, the basic thing, and, and really, what I'm going to have to do is is have you know leave you to maybe go read it, even if you're interested. But there is an article by Rand, and it's available free online. And it's called the objectivist ethics. And in it, she defends this root idea of reason as our means of survival and the necessity of reason being left free to operate. That if you want human beings to live as human beings, as the type of beings that they are, they need to be free to act according to their own judgment. And insofar as you bring government in to force people to behave certain ways, what you're doing is you're undermining the operation of reason. And you might think you're doing it for good reasons, but really what you're doing is you're undermining the whole basic method of human survival in the process. And so it's a self-defeating oh. sort of thing. That's really the perspective from where I come. So the, you know, the, oh. the idea of, of forcing people to, you know, treat each other well, you're applying force, you're undermining our essence as a human being. 
So all of the things that we as human beings, specifically in this country or in the, the world, I guess, but specifically in this country in America, that we've been forced to do by the government because uh, human beings would not do it on their own, we should never have been forced to do in the first place. All the changes in legislation, the constitutional amendments, everything we've been forced to do by government, we should never have been forced to do it all. Well, I mean, some of the things, so for example, if we had hey, wait, enforced, enforced segregation, right? Enforced segregation is evil because that's line? government applying force. So if you have the federal government coming to the state governments where the states had imposed segregation and the federal government says, no, you cannot do that, this is all good. Whenever the government retaliates against those who initiate force, the government is behaving morally, right? But again, the, the core principle is that f initiation of force should meet, should be no part of a human relationship. There should be no initiation of force. Hmm? But you've already said it, that it should never happen, and it's happened. You're saying in some cases it should happen, and in other cases it shouldn't. So when where's the it, line? No, because there's there's retaliatory force and there's initiation. So mm -hmm. it's the difference between self-defense and a robber, right? So if if the robber comes to you with a gun, you're allowed to defend yourself. And I guess you're in Texas, so question. you're really allowed to defend yourself in Texas. That's a moral question that you yourself are making a, making a judgment on just as if I, what I was saying were done. It's no different than the government making a moral, moral judgment, whether it's you or someone else. It's the same thing. Well, but I mean, it, it's, some, it's something that we could objectively see. We could say, who is it who is initiating force in a particular situation? What came to my mind was, um, wasn't there an old Star Wars movie? And the issue was whether Han Solo um, fired at the bad guy I can't remember and they they did an edit and they tried to make it take out or something but the point is the other guy tried to hit him and then Solo got him or I don't know whatever but the point is is that we can all watch and we can see it's reduced to the physical level who is it that behaved in a way that constituted an initiation of force first and then who was the retaliation and that's really it it's it makes all the difference philosophically because the person who resorts to the force first is the evil one <laughs> okay so the person that resorts to force first is the evil one so someone who for example is in i don't know they're walking down the alley and uh there is a bunch of uh, thugs and they're looking at them and they have their knives out and about to kill them or something someone who punches the guy out with a knife first is the one to blame not no no because that's a, they're 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 the threatening ones i mean a threat is also resorting to force right if, but if there's if there's no if there's no sign of threat and then you just pull your gun out and shoot the person then you're the one who resorted to force first right we can be objective about this but that's the principle um, I, I'm really sorry I don't have any more time to discuss no, this but I have enjoyed I have enjoyed you calling it and I'm I'm glad we reduced it down to this level of disagreement it, I mean it just yeah, it shows right. you it shows you the importance of philosophy absolutely I enjoyed it thanks for having me on I appreciate it. Thanks very much for calling in and uh, spending some time here with us on July 3rd. Um, so in, uh, Pig Fan here in the chat room is correcting me about uh, Han shot first, but Greedo was going to do it, right? So it's exactly the situation that I was just talking about with our caller. Um, you know, you can see that somebody is about to use force against you and then go ahead and, and take that shot and be completely justified in doing it. And sometimes it's going to be a judgment call for the jury to make, but we can all be 
objective in uh, in that situation. If other people do want to call in and have a discussion with me at 760-888-5817, I do thank you. Iconoclast in Texas, I believe, was the handle of, of that caller uh, for calling in first time listener and caller. That's nice. Um, this is something we could have actually had a debate about or not. Uh, one controversial thing, um, now that gay marriage or same-sex marriage is legal, should the government be able to ban so-called conversion therapy? And you've heard about conversion therapy. It's this idea, and this is usually among kind of religious uh, psychotherapists where they believe that there's going to be some sort of a counseling and by counseling therapy that you can change someone's sexual orientation or gender identity. As far as I know, it has never worked um, Obama, though, has called for a ban on the practice. Now, do you think it should be banned because it's unlikely? Should it be banned simply because now gay marriage is legal? I would tend to say no, um, but that would be an interesting discussion to have. Uh, transgender prisoners. Uh, do you think that there should be special rights and safeguards for transgender inmates? Uh, one controversial thing that came up here in California was whether the state should be paying for the uh, transgender operation. So that's always exciting, too. Uh, John Roberts in the chat room says, yeah, pray the gay out. Yeah, that's what they do. Pray the gay away is is the idea of some religious groups. And I think it's silly. But do I think it should be banned? No, not necessarily. And then here's the fourth controversial uh, thing that the Mashable article suggests. Transgender troops. Right now it says transgender people are not allowed to join the military and may be discharged if they transition during their service. There is increasing pressure to lift the ban and some branches have taken steps to make it harder to discharge transgender individuals you know, I don't know how many people would actually be affected by this. I would say that if you've got an efficacy of your military force at stake here, and that's a judgment that the military experts should make, I would make that be the most important consideration. But apparently that is something that might be next on the agenda. Um, pig fan in the chat room on the issue of therapy says no if the person wants it why should it be banned you know why should you ban um what if they think their gun identifies as a sword oh that's pretty funny that's a good one that's a that's a pretty good one um Anyway, so the, this is these are things that are on the horizon that the LGBT movement might actually go for. And as I said, the article that kind of inspired this discussion over at The Nation, and I, I do thank Bosch Boston for sending me this article, uh, What's Next for the LGBT Movement? You have four different authors, each doing a little stint talking about, you know, what is next for the movement. One of them... Urvashi Vaid talks about so-called strengths and weaknesses, opportunities and threats for the movement. Strengths, they have this compassionate and mobilized base. Weakness, it's focused on formal gay lesbian equality only, and it still doesn't address the economic, racial, and gender-based inequities etc. Um, there's zones of the U.S. So, that are zones without rights, as they call it. 
Um, the Republicans and Democrats don't even treat them very well. Democrats see us as an ATM, he says. Republicans as a punching bag. Um, they they want uh, the women's issues to be part of the movement's agenda, et cetera. Um, opportunities. There's 29 states with no LGBT rights protection. So now you'd go in there and try to argue, for example, against discrimination and things like that. Um, this is interesting. I have someone in the chat room saying, heroin is good for you. The government is suppressing it. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think heroin should be banned, but I certainly don't think it's good for you. And so... We could have that discussion certainly in another day about drugs, although it's just never been that important for me to want to really discuss in any depth on the show. I believe drugs interfere with the operation of your rational faculty unless you're doing, you know, something very minor in terms of alcohol or marijuana or something. And if it interferes with your rational faculty, then you definitely don't want to be on it for any length of time. Um Okay, I do think I've got a caller here that I'm going to go ahead and grab. Let me see if I got this. we got a number of callers on the board, by the way. Um, welcome, everyone. Hi, who's this? Bosch. Oh, hello, Bosch. How are you? And thanks for sending me this article. Is that why you called in just now? No. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, I mean... It's good that that you got a call, and it's you know it's, it's a combative one in a, in a sense. But some of the things that are coming out of that guy's mouth, I mean, it's unbelievable. And that's the problem with today. You got these people; they're promoting evil ideas and thinking that they're good. When he says no one will do anything good unless they're forced to, that's evil. And that tells you a lot about his own psychology. Well, I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, another, another direction we could have gone with this really is the whole issue of, I, I, I think you're glad, I, I think you're, you're glad I wasn't on the line or, or, or on the show because I don't know if I would have let half of what he said get through without right. you know, challenging. No, but I mean, you know, but if, if people call in, I want I want to have that discussion so and absolutely. another, no, no, no. An, another, yeah, no. another direction I could have gone with that is you know, the Hobbes versus Locke idea. Locke, who was at the root, at the base of our founding, rejected the Hobbesian idea that life without government was solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short, right? Um, life without government is not as good as life with government, according to Hobbes, and I agree that we do need government for police, courts, military, arbitrating disputes, sure. you know, all that stuff. But uh, Locke was very optimistic that people, by and large, generally are moral. And because it's I, true. Yeah. All right. What and I'm and is we don't. Uh, what I'm saying is, there's a evil is a small minority, and then from right. that evil, when they get in, 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 when they get in control of power, politics, education, then they can create people in people's head, in people's heads, they can say these most the most evil things, thinking that they're saying something good. And that's, it's just, it's just terrifying because that's where the world's going, where casual evil that's being expressed. Just one small example, please. Mm -hmm. I'm watching Terminator the old day. I'm always, uh, you know, in a certain section of the theater, way, way up front. And there's a horrific thing that happens. It's a nuclear holocaust that's being, you know, conveyed on the screen. And there's a pocket of the audience applauding it. They're applauding Hmm. And it's not one person. 
it's a number of them. And in their mind, that's... And, it, and, it's, and it's not a nuclear holocaust to fight the bad guys. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's humans, innocent human beings being wiped out. And I, I don't want to go further, but... Right. Life being snuffed out on a massive scale. And they're applauding. And they're cheering. And I, had, I sat there and said, did I just hear that? Hmm. You, you sit there in shock. The casual evil of what, what people are saying and doing these days, that's what's really, it's getting to me. It's getting to me. Even um, another, another, it might be like, uh, it's just a, a, a small example to me. There's, you know, I've been, I've been writing Marvel comics about their quote-unquote diversity, you know, rampage. Right. Mm-hmm. Black, Hispanic, uh, homosexual, they're, making, they're basically making all their characters into, into other forms. And then you look at a picture of the editorial and writing staff of Marvel, and they're all taking the picture together. There's not one black person there. They don't have one right. black writer or one black editor. And this is, it just shows you. And if you put that picture in their face, and boy, they'll probably hire a black guy right away, quick, you know, at night, just, just to do it. But uh, in the middle of that crowd, there's the director of uh, of uh, character development. Uh, uh, sorry, the director of content and character development, uh, Samania. I've got her name, but she's a Muslim, and she's wearing a uh, Yasser Arafat scarf on. That's a mm-hmm. terrorist scarf. It's right. associated with terrorism. She's in the middle of this of this group of people representing Marvel Comics. She and she's in the middle of the picture, by the way. She's wearing that, and the idiots around them around her probably don't know that and maybe they ought to know that because she is conveying something she is siding with evil she's siding with those who go on Israeli buses and kill innocents and that kind right. of casual evil also where it's accepted now um, anyway, well and and and, and the and 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 these these are the people behind the idea that we have from this federalist article right and I've got again linked over at the blog yeah. at don't let it go.com uh, we must not rest until every superhero is gay. That's right. That's right. And that's the you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I wrote this one piece, and uh, I had the new cover of the Avengers. The Avengers now consist of black Captain America, female Thor, uh, right. Muslim superhero, black Spider-Man, and unbeknownst to me, it's it's a Hispanic Nova. Now, I, I had no idea. And I, I found that out because Mark Wade, the writer of the series, was forwarded my piece about it. And he wrote back, you white supremacist racist, you know. I mean, he just lost it. But the fact is, this white guy, Mark Wade, the white, he's the whitest of white guys. And uh, I said, in his haste, uh, anyway, he basically, I said, this white guy celebrates a lack of white. Now, he's celebrating. He goes, I'm really glad about the fact that there's only one white guy on my Avengers team. This is a white guy speaking. It'll be a white artist. You know, I was, I was trying, I was trying to get my mind around this. Right. So here are, you know, generally the people in this company, a lot of them are are white males. Right. And they are glorifying anything, but so, yeah, I don't get no, it. Do they, what, no, they, they, they hate themselves. They feel bad about being themselves. I don't. Well, it, the, the way I see it is, is if they hate themselves, that if they hate whites that bad, move the hell out of the way and get your replacement, whether he's Hispanic, female, gay, black, Muslim, go all the way. 
Don't stop. Don't do it. And the only reason why there's only, quote, unquote, one white guy on the Avengers yeah. team is because it's Tony Stark. Tony Stark is the most popular character from the movies to comics now in Marvel. So they're like, well, we got to, you know, we can't mess around right. with Tony Stark. We got to right. keep him. But, right. but the, how, how, did, I mean, how do we get on this, by the way? I'm wondering. I don't, I don't know. I think I we're, 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 still, we're still talking about what's next for the LGBT movement. Well, I guess okay. part of, part okay. of it, part of it is, is well, pressing for more homosexual characters in mainstream comics, right? So yes, basically yes. taking, taking over well-established characters that had originally been straight and making That's them gay or anything else. Now, of course, if you lantern. are, right. I was going to no, say, sorry, if you, if you, no, it's okay. Go ahead. I mean, I was going to say, if, if, if <laughs> this is a cartoon, this is, this is really a cartoon. Um, so, so if you're in the LGBT movement, basically you now are looking for a bigger agenda. Um, the people of the nation were talking about uniting themselves with a larger so-called progressive movement and fighting for social justice Fighting, in essence, for, for socialist ideas this to be Think about this, okay? implemented. Yeah. There are homosexuals who are not progressives, who are not left, right. and they deny their existence. That's how pathetic. So they're leftist. Well, first. I mean, basically, if if, if no, but it, if there are some homosexuals that actually support either conservative or libertarian political positions or candidates or whatever, then just be prepared for George Takei to use the worst, I, I guess what they would be like sexist he, slurs, right? Against yeah, you. Vile. I mean, he, yeah. he would say basically you're, you're not actually really gay unless you're progressive, that's, you know, that's, that's the point. So what I'm saying is it's progressivism first, then their particular thing that they want to push, but it is progressivism, right. progressivism first. That's what they do. And then they try to pretend that all homosexuals are, are on the progressive side and they're not. And again, right. they lose their sexuality if they don't join them. They are to be ignored. So it's just, it's about this vile ideology first, first and yep. foremost. And that's the point. It's like, uh, again, and, and Marvel has been run over, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a company that was built by people who drew, who wrote and drew stories about good versus evil, month in, month out. And then the left took over, and it's not that now. And the bad right. guys, I don't know if they're if they're that bad anymore. They're they're usually robots and aliens, or they're you know indiscriminate. They're not really. It's not hardcore evil. It's a Doctor right. Doom, you know. Face, now, face now, now, Bosh, I've got I've got a few more calls. Do you think I I'm okay. going to go ahead and try yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and grab a couple and see who, what they want to okay. talk about? I think that's, these are going to be new callers. Okay, because uh, this here is a holiday weekend so i think we have the opportunity to talk to some new folks hi you're on the air who's this hey how are you this is q q yes well welcome i assume you're a first-time caller yeah i'm a first-time caller I, I like these little intellectual things so but excellent so what what's what's your comment or question here's my observation <clears throat> Uh, as a comic book person, and I'll address the LBG thing, but as a comic book person, I think what happens many a time is when there's one group controlling something so much, 
and there's other people that want to be a part of it, kind of like the white lady who posed as a black person so she can be part of the NAACP and fix some of the things she saw as a problem. Mm-hmm. Even though it makes them weird, what groups tend to do, and I'm using my own black group as the prime example, what groups tend to do, they put such a stronghold on things that nothing grows. And when New Blood wants to get in, that's really not part of the group. It causes these little oddities to happen so somebody can get in and put some fresh ideas. So the comic book thing happens simply like this, especially with the Spider-Man thing. And even um, uh, going all the way back to War Machine. You have some groups who are Caucasian that have such a stronghold on the storylines that they never let individuals get in to, let's say, take a power man character and make him more than what he was, or take a a uh, 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 Adam uh, and make him more than what he was, and so on and so forth. So what that does is marginalize the non white characters to where on paper so, black panther so then i i, I told i totally understand that so why wouldn't the solution then to be if you get you know some i mean it could be caucasian or or you know black or anybody right but if you have a writer that recognizes that there's this problem um why couldn't that writer come in and then just make more of those characters as opposed to changing the race or sexuality or whatever of established characters. Yeah, right. You're, you're, you're just saying the same thing I'm saying. They're, they're not the, the new writers who may have more connection to that Asian right. character or Latin, Latin character are not allowed to come in and write for Sunstorm because, you know, they have an Asian connection, which is why McFarlane, when he created Spawn, even though he's white, it was a different, he, he couldn't get love through the mainstream comic book people. So he had to go create this own hero who happened to be black and, oh, God, that's not going to work, McFarlane. And you see what I'm saying? So it creates these little conundrums that that then the people who see the need for black characters do the the wrong thing, which is mess with established characters, which is your point. Uh, so I'll say 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 that that the other thing with the LBG re- uh, really quickly is going all the way back to 1986 with Prop 8. I'm not a hater of LB. I, I'm 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 really not. It just confuses me the inconsistency of what they really want, and that's with any group, Irish, Romanian, doesn't matter. If you're inconsistent with what you want, it's confusing. So back in '86. They were given all of these rights and privileges to work and everything. And the word civil union was created. Well, they didn't want that. They held out for the word marriage. So mind you, two two decades, I think it's been, uh, right. since, since that time, they've been fighting for what? The same thing they were offered in 1986 minus the word marriage. So what had happened quickly was Prop 8 uh hey, they lost. They tried to circumvent. Arnold Schwarzenegger said, you can't circumvent. You lost that, but I'll put it back up. Here's Prop 20, whatever it was, or 12, whatever it was. They lost that one. Oh, we're going to go circumvent the the, the, the courts. And now, you know, 
kind of what you posted, it never was about the word marriage. It's about normal, normalizing us to where you straight people accept us. Well, next thing you know, we're going to have to accept Caitlin. And, you know, uh, look, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. There's people who are older than me who were called Negro back in the day. There are people who came after they were called African-American. There are people who came after they were called black. Why should I, even as a black person, have to ask you which one of the three you want to be called? Allow me to call you one of them. And just be kind that I'm acknowledging. And that's the same thing with all these other groups that you well, guys and, have talked and, about. Well, and then, and then it's, it, you know, are the groups basically asking for any sort of special favors from the government, right? Are they asking for the government to force people to act in ways that they wouldn't choose to act? I mean, that's really the fundamental issue here. And from, you know, there's many of us who believe that it shouldn't even be the state who gets to talk about the word marriage and the meaning of it and all these things. And then we just think, well, insofar as the state is conferring some status called marriage, then why deny it to one group versus another? You have consenting adults, et cetera. Um, where, where it's going to be interesting is when they start with these polygamous stuff and those stories are, are coming out there. So that's going to be a, another interesting uh, discussion to have. But, um, you know, now if they're allowed to be married, are they allowed, for example, you know, to force the baker to bake the cake? Um, are they allowed to force employers to treat them the same as heterosexual married couples, well, you know, give the same spousal benefits and all that? And I would say no. I would say the government should not be able to force the employer to give same sex couples the same spousal benefits as heterosexual couples and that's where here's we're getting problem. into problems here's, here's here's the problem though let me meet you halfway in the middle sure assuming assuming for a second that because to me it doesn't matter whether they give those assuming for a second that they did give them okay here's my history lesson on gay agenda and how they do their thing as opposed to black folks or latin folks once they came into power when black folks and Latin folks came into power, the one thing they did not do was turn to white children and say, now you have to do this like we do it. The problem I have with the gay community is whether it's children in school, whether it's changing curriculum to, to add gay books, for yeah, that's that, that's that's one of the examples that I have. Right, there's a gender identity curriculum changes in right. Virginia in the in the public schools. Right. So 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 I'm I'm, I'm gonna wrap up by saying this. My problem simply is this. It appears through history, and I like gay folks. I got a gay cousin, but it's inconsistent when, let's say, my favorite pianist Liberace. He's he's molested a seventeen year old. And the mm -hmm. entire gay community is talking about it's a love affair. Or mm -hmm. just like you use the example with the school. My problem is not whether they have these rights or get whatever the case may be. It's don't put us in a position to where we have to super strengthen marriage now, make divorce extremely harder because you guys want to go beyond and kind of make someone, make straight people penalized for what's going on in your life. I, I, I can't roll with that. That's that's my only, only issue. 
Okay. Well, I do thank you for uh, calling in here and join us this evening. The, the one just quick follow-up on that, which is that um, there are some people, um, you know, who were minorities who came into power and who decided that the way to make up for past discrimination was affirmative action. And of course, I think that that is just as wrong as the initial discrimination. You're just discriminating the other way. But I agree. I mean, right now we've got a, some people with an, an agenda trying to force a gender identity curriculum on kids in public schools in Virginia. And that is using government force to get kids in classrooms where, I mean, most people can't afford a private education these days. Um, so here are parents, they're paying their taxes, their kids are sitting in classrooms learning things that they don't agree with. And today parents have very little control over, you know, once they decide to send their kids to public school, very little control over exempting their kids from certain lessons and, and things like this. But the larger agenda is apparently about control. And I do urge, you know, just uh, kind of finishing up this topic here, because I want to go ahead and, and run through a few of these other stories that I've got at don'tletitgo.com. But I urge you to read the column by Daniel Greenfield, otherwise known as the Sultan Kanish. It's uh, Sultan Kanish at blogspot.com. I've got the link at my blog at don'tletitgo.com. And it's No Truce with the Left is his headline. And he is talking about the fact that where you know if, if the left is telling you that it's about gay marriage or it's about rights for homosexuals in fact it's not that and we have seen that with the left in this country when we talk to the left time and again about the ill treatment of homosexuals in the middle east i mean what just happened the other day right our supreme court rules in favor of same sex marriage and ISIS throws four homosexuals off a building to their deaths. There is one MSNBC article that I linked to that said, hey, you know, now that we have same-sex marriage here, why don't we, you know, work for some LGBT rights in other parts of the world? Um, how about in the Middle East primarily, because that is where homosexuals are killed in Iran, you know, that they are forced to undergo sex change operations if they don't want to be killed and get the death penalty. It is horrible for homosexuals in the Middle East. So, I mean, this is definitely uh, something that you need. And, and any, any leftist who decides that they're going to ride Americans or, you know, go to a baker and say, if you don't bake a cake, you should be forced to pay a $130,000 fine. And then they don't make their primary cause you know, gays being thrown off buildings in the Middle East. That's just horrible. I mean, that that is just really, really horrible. And so what's the conclusion that Daniel Greenfield makes? That a lot of what the left says it cares about, it doesn't really care about. What it cares about is being able to emote about anything that happens to hurt their feelings and also control other people. It's about control. Now, mind you, I think that there are people on the right who also want to control us too. Um, you know, the right, they want to control us more in the bedroom, but the left does want to control us as well. And it, it is an agenda. Um, I think that the left has been horribly inconsistent uh, about 
homosexual rights because they aren't making their primary target the treatment of homosexuals in the Middle East. I'm going to go ahead and grab another caller here. Hi, who's this? Hello, you're on the air. I can't hear you. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and try the... Oh, wait, I could. Okay, now, and I clicked away from you. And now I got you back here. Hi, who's this? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I was on mute. I didn't realize. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I'm I'm Christian. Uh, I'm a first-time caller. Um, Welcome. So I, I just wanted to bring up the whole thing. So this whole topic of, uh, of you know, um, gay marriage, it brings up the question, you know, is it constitutional? Did they usurp? Did they usurp the power of the states? Did they do it for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons, as you were discussing? I think right. when it comes to issues of human rights, I don't think it should be left up to a popular vote. Um, you know, if, if it was, if we went back to the 1800s and slavery was left up to a popular vote in the South, uh, I think it's safe to say we would still have slaves. So I don't think this should be an issue left up to a popular vote. Um you know, and and so therefore, you think that the Supreme Court does have a role in deciding something like this? Um. Well, in, in some ways, I, I am conflicted about that. Um, I do believe more in states uh, setting and making their own laws and rules, uh, but I think this is an issue that transcends all of that. And then another thing I want to bring up too is so so for example too like if 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 a if a particular state wanted to ban guns, you would say no. I want the Supreme Court to overturn that ban on guns because of the Second Amendment. Well, again, that um, not not necessarily, but I'm just saying that in 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 the whole, I I believe in a state's right in the state's rights to make its own laws. But as I just said, when it comes to human rights, I think that. That transcends a popular vote. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, I mean, so here's the thing. I don't see why a state should have rights. I know we speak about states' rights in our system because the state governments serve as a check in the system of checks and balances against the federal government. But strictly speaking, states don't have rights. The only people who have rights are individual human beings like you and I. We have rights. And so the in order to protect those individual rights that we have, there's a system of checks and balances set up. And states are, you know, states are supposed to serve as a check against the federal government and vice versa. So here what the Supreme Court said, but not probably in the right way, is they said, look, if the state is going to go around saying who can get married and who can't, then it doesn't have any business discriminating against two couples where each of the couples is made of two consenting adults, right? Just because they, one is a same-sex couple and one is a heterosexual couple. So I don't think that the federal government was necessarily wrong in that and serving as that check against the state governments. The, the problem that I have is what then comes next in some people's minds, which is they think that they can go around and tell private individuals how private individuals have to treat them as a result of their newfound marital status. Um, oh, well, you know, that for $130,000 fines, you know? Yeah, well, definitely. Without a doubt, they can't do that. And another issue wanna, I want to touch on, too, is, um, and I think a lot of people know this, just because gays gain, gain the right to marry, that doesn't mean it's, it's all uphill from here on out. 
you know, um, blacks gained civil rights in the 60s, and I'm sure, as we all know, there's still lots of tension um, with as uh, with, with equality. So, I mean, this is not this is not the medicine. This is not this is not the, this is not the final win. Uh, there's still more social challenges to overcome. You know. Right. Oh, yeah, no, of of course there are. Now, what I think this ruling reflects, and of course there were, you know, many states in the country that had already legalized gay marriage, what this represents is a shifting in sensibilities of people, enough people to make this happen, right? So the thing that has always puzzled me is you've got a state, I believe it was Idaho, where there were some bakers that didn't want to bake the cakes and everybody was making a big fuss about this, but they had legalized same sex marriage there. So if you're in a con in a, excuse me, in a state that has already legalized same sex marriage, that means you have quite a bit of popular sentiment in the state in favor of same sex marriage. And certainly you could find a baker who was more than happy to make you a cake, right? It just doesn't make any sense to me that if you're in, in a state that's legalized it already, that you would have a hard time finding that. And, you know, in in Texas, for example, um, in Austin, you would find plenty of bakers willing to get you some cakes and probably even in some of the other parts of Texas too. But I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, on, there's a free market out there. There's an internet where we can share information broadly. Um, you know, you can find the bakery that's going to be willing to bake you the cake and take your money and you don't need to go, you know, suing and doing all these other things. Well, that's a nice thing about capitalism is that it's motivated by money. So, you know, I'm sure for most bakers, uh, th- th- this is what I hate so much about that hypothetical, is that really, okay, there's small uh, incidents of it happening, but it's an extreme hypothetical. And I'm sure most businesses, um, you know, even if you don't like gay marriage or gays, which you can, I think it's goofy and it's weird, but you can, um, you know, I mean, it's in your best interest to serve them. If, I mean, that's, you know, if you want to lose a client, that's totally fine. But that's the great thing about capitalism is that money, uh, money doesn't discriminate. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Christian, I thank you for your call. I've got one other call that I want to try to get because I've got the show coming up to a close here in, in a few minutes. But I, I definitely right. appreciate you tuning in and uh, giving us a call here. Let me try this last caller. Hi, who's this? Hello, this is Naj in Atlanta. Can you hear me? I'm using headphones right now. I can hear you. Oh, okay, indeed. Uh, good conversation you got going on here. Uh, the comic book stuff, I could care less about. I'm not a comic book guy, so I have no interest in it. Okay. Uh, but, the, but the idea of LGBT, uh, the community actually going towards prison reform, I think is huge because that's something that's, not actually talked about that needs to be done. Uh, Prison or any type of uh, incarceration should be about reform. It should not be about punishment. So this situation now to where when we have people going to jail for a speeding ticket uh, with the possibility of getting raped or physically abused and beaten, like that should be something uh, that's back in the old days of the Republic. We should be way more civilized than that. And our prison or penal system should be based on, okay, we got somebody in here with a problem. How do we try to attempt to rehabilitate this person or change this person 
And well, I mean, in, 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 in some cases, you know, depending on the crime, I agree with you. I couldn't imagine being thrown in jail for any long period of time just for speeding. That would be horrible. But, you know, this guy who went into a church, right, um, and shot up nine people that he'd been sitting there, uh, you know, going ahead and, and praying with for an hour and then decide to kill all of them. I don't know that my goal is to rehabilitate that bastard, right? Um, my goal is right, right, punishment right, right, right. punishment, and lock that guy away, outlier, right? right? Yeah. Right, but you're talking about an outlier. So he should be in prison for life. I don't believe in the death penalty. He should be behind bars. I'm not saying that you're going to reform someone who does something as monstrous as that. I'm saying that person has, has earned their spot as far as sitting in jail for life. But do I think that person should be raped and abused every day while he's in there? No, because that's taking on a function that the state is not qualified or morally uh, equipped to actually handle. And once we start giving the state that type of power, then you'll start to see the overreach in other areas. So, yeah, so see, I, think I think prison reform is a big deal. Well, I, th- I mean, in, in some senses, I agree with you. And, and you know, this is a huge problem. And I'm, I'm going to have to go ahead and let you go and, uh, and finish up this off the air. I do thank you for your, for your call. Um, this is something we could have a whole entire show on about what is really the goal of punishment is it retributive? Is it supposed to be rehabilitative? Um, you know, do we take sort of a consequentialist view of it, or do we take more of a moralist view? Um, but prison reform in general is not really what this uh, agenda has in mind. The LGBT group has in mind, for example, um, having transgender operations of prisoners paid for by the state and then having special privileges and rights for those self-identified should that be happening um everyone i am just out of time here this is amazing i thank everyone for listening here and for the new callers i welcome you the the new listeners i hope that you will tune in again and we can talk more about some of these issues these very interesting issues go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com because i still have a number of stories there that i think will be of interest to you but that i haven't been able to get to free speech restrictions in new zealand uh, obama at uh, birds in the islamic state um, ISIS publishing a map of FBI command centers for 4th of July. This is no good. Uh, France doing some good things, deporting imams who are teaching uh, jihad. And good Lebanese journalists speaking out. Uh, Sweden as the startup capital of Europe. And finally, the Steve Jobs official trailer. So all that is available at the blog at don'tletitgo.com. Read it, comment on it. Come over to the blog also, and if you're not already a subscriber to the blog, I urge you to get on my email list over there. I've got some fun stuff coming up this week. So thanks, everyone. Have a great and safe 4th of July, and I will talk to you next Friday. Take care.